We're extremely grateful to have you. This is Central Church of Christ. This is, I'm Dan Spate. I'm one of the elders here. And this is uh, my Sunday morning class. We're going to be in First Timothy chapter 5. If you want to turn, start turning over there, it's where we're going to be this morning. Uh, Everything's good. I, we got an update on Dale Orr. Dale Orr is out of intensive care, and she's in a room, and, and it looks like she's progressing. Uh, they said that it looks like within a month she could be, you know, up and at them and, and where she needs to be. And so, you know, uh, we're getting uh, we're getting updates from her daughter, uh, probably one a week or so. So, uh, but she's doing she's doing a lot better. Uh, but you know, I don't know all the details, and she doesn't tell us a lot of details, but we know that she's doing better. So. Uh, keep praying for her, and keep uh, keep her in your prayers. All right. Uh, I know that uh, that I talked to Ann uh, yesterday. I think two days Friday I talked to her, and, and uh, she really still doesn't feel well. She's at home, but she doesn't feel well. Uh, they had to go and put it. They put it on a cast on her leg. Uh, so uh, you know she's got two things going on. You know she was in the hospital for some kind of thing, and then she's got you know trying to recover from surgery. So. Uh, anyway, uh, keep her in your prayers as well. Uh, she's uh, she's really really struggling. Mark's at, Mark's at Fortran today, so uh, I'll call her after we get through and, and see where she's at and if she needs something to eat or something. So, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. But uh, I don't have anything else. That's pretty much all I have. But again, it's good to see everybody here. It's good to have you watching us online. Uh, I know the elves are at home sick. I don't know if they're watching. If they are, we're. Uh, we're praying for you guys as well. They, they, he said they're not going to be here. They got the flu. So, yeah. so stuff's going around. So anyway. All right. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get started. If, uh, if you all bow with me, and, and uh, we'll get started on this text. All right? Let's pray. Almighty God, we are grateful uh, for the opportunity we have to be here this morning. Uh, we're grateful for, for the opportunity to study together. We're grateful for the opportunity to worship together. We pray your blessings upon us in both endeavors. Fathers, we study that you help us to learn and grow and help us to become the people that your son died to make us. And fathers, we worship that our worship will be a, will be a sweet aroma to you, that you'll be pleased with us, and that you will uh, that you it, we will truly glorify and honor you as we worship together this morning. Thank you, Father, for this family. Help us to become the, the family that we're supposed to be. Help us to see each other the way that you that you intend for us to see each other. And, Father, for those of our number that are hurting, for those that are struggling with their health, struggling with other kind of issues, we pray for them, Father. We pray that you make known to us the things that we can do and then give us the strength, the courage, and the vision to do those things to help them to, to get to where they need to be. Father, bless us as a family that we might grow and that we might, that we might become Again, the people that we're supposed to be. Father, bless us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a letter written to Timothy by Paul at Ephesus. Ephesus is not a great place for Timothy to be. It's pretty, you know, they tried to kill him there. They ran him off. And he leaves Timothy there, and he writes two letters to him uh, to help him to, to, to navigate his responsibility his ministry at that church. All right. Uh, chapter 5 is going to talk about the conduct within that body of people and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves with certain groups of people. What's supposed to happen with certain groups and how we're supposed to be. Something we've learned, I want to, I want to review a little bit. For those of you who haven't been in here, uh, the church, the, 
Paul wrote to the church through Timothy to remind them that the church is the pillar and the foundation of the truth, to never forget that, that they, wherever they were, wherever we are, we are supposed to remember that we are the pillar and the foundation of the truth. You know, he said, he, he told them, he reminded them and told them that the church is the household of God. The church is not a building, folks. The church is the people. We are the church, okay? How we conduct ourselves is going to matter how people in the world see God and see Jesus and see the church as a whole. So we have a tremendous responsibility to live the life that we're supposed to live, to live the life that's been dictated to us through the Scripture and apply them to our lives so that we can be the people that we're supposed to be. You know, there, there are opportunities and, and things going on all around us. You know, and when we become like the world, then the, then the world doesn't see Jesus and see God the way it needs to see them. We've got to be different. And what he's, telling, what he's telling us in these two letters is how these people at Ephesus are supposed to conduct themselves. What are they supposed to look like? You cannot, you cannot walk around in the world and take on the practices of the world and think God's going to be pleased with that. He's not going to be pleased with that. That's not what, he, what his son died to give us, not what he expects from us. We, Every one of us in this room have a responsibility to change the things we need to change, to look at Scripture and apply it to our lives and say, how can I be better? What can I do better? And never be satisfied with where I am, ever. Take criticism the way we're supposed to take it. Deal out criticism the way you need to deal it out and and way that people are going to respond and be uplifted. And we tend to do it the way the world does it, don't we? In most instances, that's what we do. And so the church, many times, in many places, doesn't look any different than the world. And that's sad. Okay? Now... We're going to deal with uh, different groups of people. Now, remember, this is a different culture, all right? What, we're going to talk a lot about widows. He's going to talk a lot about widows here and, and how they're supposed to be taken care of. In that culture, the, uh, the life expectancy of men was probably about 35 to 40, somewhere in there. So many times you had a lot of women. If you remember the story of Jesus healing, uh, raising the, the young boy to life, the widow, she's 80, I mean, she, she's, uh, uh, I think her name is, yeah, you know, I forget what her name was anyway. I don't know if it told us what her name was. But the compassion that Jesus had for her when he saw her, he was, he, he, he was moved by her sorrow, is what it said, is what the scripture said. Because she was alone. She was a widow lady, and her son had just died. Her only son had just died. If you want to go look at that, it's in Luke chapter 7, is where that text is. But you know, the, the, what it says is, is that Jesus was struggling as, as well. When he met people, he struggled with what they were going through. He was sorrowful for what they were going through. And we need to be the same way, especially, especially, God, when it's, when it's happening within the body of believers. Okay? Now, let's read a couple of verses. We're going to read the first three verses, and then we're going to talk about this song. Okay? Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Give, now, I'm going to stop right there. What did you see here? You see anything here that that, uh, that jumps out at you? Anything? I I was... Go ahead. Huh? The respect. Show respect. All right. I was uh, uh, watching a, a thing about... An individual uh, that is a, that is a, a uh, was a preacher at a at a big mega church, 
and he dealt with one of his one of his congregates and had an affair with her and and it destroyed his ministry okay when you look at this text and it says deal with younger women as sisters with absolute purity you know i mean this can happen male female makes no difference it can happen either way but when you have a perception of who these people are when i have when when you have a perception i have a perception of who we are sarah's my sister all right she's my sister and and i have got to keep that in my mind all the time that we are brothers and sisters you know and, and when you deal with an older individual an older man older woman understand who they are you may not like what they're doing you may not agree with what they're doing but what does he tell you here what's the responsibility we have within the confines of the church remember he's writing to timothy about the church at ephesus he's not writing to him about ephesus he's writing to him about the church at ephesus what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to conduct themselves what do you think would be the outcome when we put these into practice if we decide we're going to put these two verses into practice what do you think is going to be the outcome tell me peace and harmony peace and harmony okay it's all equals to love however you treat anyone it's got to what did Jesus say the greatest when they was asked what's the greatest commandment he said love God with and the, he said what you tell me he said love God with all your heart soul mind and strength and Jesus said and the second is just important what did he say love your neighbor what as yourself so if we've applied that principle to our to our fellowship at this place all right first off first off when people in the world see us what does John chapter 13 tell us it tells us, and they'll know you are my disciples. How? By the love you have one for another. I'm going to ask you, have any of you ever been challenged, chastised, denigrated, shown no respect from another member of the church? That happened to any of you? Go ahead and raise your hand. I, don't, I want to see him. How did it feel? How did it feel? And there may be that individual that did that in this room. So we have different things to learn here, don't we? We have, I have, have learned, how do I approach people? Have I done it wrong? Absolutely, I've done it wrong. Absolutely. Do I grow from that? What about that it, it's been done to me? It's been done to me. You know, I just told Cole the other day, so I, I, he, well, I'm going to preach at the end of July, and I said, you know when I get in that pulpit, there's two or three people here that can't stand it. You know that. <laughs> and he said, I know that. I said, I don't bother me. But, but you know that's fact. He said, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, but it's okay. You know, I'm going to grow from it. I'm going to grow past it. And, and, try, and, I, and I, said, I told him, I said, and you know there's one individual, and he knows who it is, and we you know, had that dealing. And I said, I always try to speak to that individual every time I see him. Ask him how they're doing, how's their day going, you know. Huh? Well, I don't, but that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it because I want a tighter relationship. I want to I want to grow that relationship. You know? I think that's the key to what he's saying here though. It's these aren't distant people. These are someone with the exception of a broken family. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be a relationship, an yeah. endearing relationship, a brother, sister, yeah. a father, mother, yeah. a, a mother, daughter. It's yeah. supposed to be relationship, regardless of how distant you are. You know, Kathleen, what what we do is we bring our relationships when we come to God, when we come to the church and we're baptized into Christ and we're clothed and we're clothed with Jesus and we washed washed in the blood. What do we have a really tough time 
doing, not bringing what we had before with us, right? And so what do we do? We bring all those experiences. We bring all the family dynamic. We bring all the, the work dynamic. We bring all that stuff with us because it takes a while for us to become the people we're supposed to be, right? How many of you are still in the process of doing that? We're still in the process, right? I'm better now than I was then. I'm going to be better then than I am now. But it's still a process. I need to understand that, that you and I, we're in a process of growing and becoming better. You know, you have t challenged me before about, and I said, wow, that's awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix that, you know. And I appreciated it because of the way you did it, because of how you did it. You know, it was, it, it, you know, I grew from it, and I thank you for that. You know, and how you did it, how you handled it. But, I, but there, I've, been, I've had the other end of that stick poke me in the eye before, you know. And that's not fun. I've, I've told you, I was stood right up there by that clock right there. I stood up against the wall when I first became an elder. And that lady just cleaned my clock. I didn't have a clue what she was talking about. I just become an elder. I didn't know what was going on. And I, told, I, went, to, I went to one of the, I don't know which one it was, and I said, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I signed up for. And I said, I got a target on me somewhere? You know, but, and, it, and, it, and I understand now where it was coming from, the frustration that it was, and I understand that. And I have a good relationship with that individual now. You know, that person's still here. You know, I don't hold that against them at all because I understand where they were coming from. And I understand, you know, you, sometimes you have to try to look at personalities. Who, who, what kind of personality does a person have? Can, is it just the personality talking or is it the person talking? And can we work through that stuff? But, you know, there's, you know what, what's going to happen? My question was, what do you think will be the outcome when we put this into practice? What do you think is going to be the outcome? In your life and that person's life. Yeah, Larry? You become a family, and that's how I Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you didn't hear him online. He said, you become a family. Is that not what we're trying to do here? Is, is that not what we're trying to do? Trying to become a family? That's, that's the appeal. Is what God says the appeal is when they see your love one for another. That, they'll know you're my disciples. That's the, that's the appeal to the world. Not to all of them, but to somebody that walks in and sees, man, you know, you can cut the love here with a knife or that, man, this is, this is good. I like this. You know, you can see that and you can feel that. And that's what we're trying to accomplish here, right? Somebody had their hand up. Yes, ma'am. And also, you, sometimes you have to get those things settled. Sometimes you've got things bothering you and you don't talk about it. It's worse. Got, and, and like you say, so much of it is how you go about doing it. How many of you, uh, how many of you, uh, were any of you in here when Darren, Tom, and I had a, a confrontation? How many of you heard that confrontation? It was in that pantry over there. We closed the door, and we're screaming at each other. I mean, he is not happy, and I'm not happy because he, is, he has challenged one of my family members, and me and him are going at it. I mean, we're, you know, we leave going at it. And I get about a mile down the road, and I go, Dan, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. That's your brother in Christ. And before I can make a phone call, guess who calls me? Darren Tom. And he says, Dan, I'm sorry. He said, and, and, we, and we fixed it. In five seconds, it was fixed. You know, the next time I saw him, we hugged each other. You know, and, uh, but, you know, for those who heard it, you know, you, you oh, my God. And, but then the, then the next time, we're, man, you know, I mean, I mean, I, 
Man, it grieved me as much as his family when he died. Because he was my brother. I loved him. You know, the last thing I have, I remember is we going, him taking Kevin and I to eat at China Bee. And we went to eat and, and talked and talked. We talked for like three hours. We talked at China Bee. But we probably closed that place down that night. You know, because we talked all night long. Yes, ma'am. What you're saying is you have harmony, and that's what I'm thinking of this. We are family unit. We're still going to have disagreements. I'm sorry, Larry and I wish we could say agree on everything, but it ain't happening. Yeah. And it's, we do have harmony, though, and we work through it. And yeah. Absolutely, Linda. That's a good point. We we are we're a family. We're gonna have issues. You can't get around that. We're people. All right. We're gonna have issues. It's how do you deal with them, and how, what do you learn from this text? What do I learn? Res treat an older person with respect. Treat a young. Treat an older woman as if she's your mother. A younger man as if he's your brother. A younger woman as if she's your sister with purity. Not with a not with a, an evil sinful mindset, but with purity. And if we'll do that, then people won't have a problem coming to you and saying, I need help, I need help, I need you to talk to me, I need I've got a problem with you, whatever, and do it in the way you're supposed to do it. Kill, were you gonna say something like yeah, that? Yeah, I wanted to say something. Uh, I mean a lot of this has to do with conflicts and everything like that. You mm -hmm. might say, Well, it's not a, a healthy relationship or a healthy family. It's like, no, Every healthy family has conflict and problems and things that they have to deal with. But at the end of the day, they're able to resolve absolutely, those conflicts. Absolutely. And that's what we need to have as a church yeah. is that we have to look at each other. It's like, okay, well, I can't just I can't just say, well, you're not my, yeah. my brother. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have to resolve this conflict yeah. because I'm going to be spending eternity yeah. with you. Yeah. I think, that, I think we forget that sometimes. I think, especially between husbands and wives. Yep, yeah, we forget sometimes that, you know, yes, she's my wife, but she's my sister. The wife relationship is going to be over. At some point, it's going to be over, all right? Jesus said there's no marriage and giving a marriage to heaven. Won't be any need for that. She, But she's going to always be my sister. And I need to remember that. You know, when we have when we have those issues that I'm talking to my sister here, first and foremost, she is She's part of the body of Christ. She is God's child. She is God's daughter. I need to treat her accordingly. Don't you think? Don't you think marriages would be a whole lot better if we would put that into practice? I guarantee you they would. If we would just look at each other and say, you know what? I know you have issues. I know. But I made a commitment to you in front of God. I did. And I made a Got people laughing over here. So that, that marriage thing must have gotten some folks. Man. <laughs> yeah. And, and it always seems where Alan is. Where Alan's at is where, where, where we have that, that issue going on. Anyway, you know, it, it's, if we would put that into practice, it would, make, it would make marriages a whole lot more stable. It would make them a whole lot more loving. We understood who we're dealing with. I'm dealing with God's son or I'm dealing with God's daughter here, and I need to act accordingly. Okay? Now let's move on. Anybody else got a question? We're going to move on. All right? Look at what he says. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. For this is pleasing to God. The widow is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith 
and it's and it's worse than an unbeliever. I stop right there. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Understand something. In that culture, in that dynamic, in that day and time, this was a a problem. Okay, they had a problem. If you look at Acts chapter uh, five, six, they had a problem. I think it's chapter six where the Grecian widows aren't getting taken care of. You remember? And the guy, and he said, "Man, pick out some men that are full of the spirit." And, and that's where you see the first special servants, the special, first deacons in that in that text right there. And, and the apostle said, man, we don't have time. You need to take care of this. But they were going to get taken care of. Now, what does it say here that when you look at this text, understand that this was a problem that the early church had that, that we may not have as big a problem with because people live so much longer today. You know, the, the, the medical field is so much better. You know, we have hospitals and things where people live a lot longer. But what's something you don't see here? You don't see them talk anything at all about widowers. Do you? <laughs> about men who've lost their wives. Because I don't think that was a problem at the, in, the, in that culture. Women losing their husbands was. You know, when you look at, at Mary and Joseph, why do you not see anything about Joseph at, at some point? You never see anything about him. Because he's probably dead. He's probably not around anymore, probably, why you don't hear anything. It's well, the other thing is, is the word is in deed, not in need. Mm -hmm. And it's referring to verse 16. So apparently there were widows who had daughters-in-law still alive. Mm -hmm. And she was really not in indeed a widow because she had yeah. children that could help take care of her but yeah. she's supposed to take care of them yeah. because they don't have anyone yeah what he's saying here in this text is some of you are going to be widows and you got family and this is not the church's problem that's what he's saying this is the family's problem take care of your take care of your family this is pleasing god this is what god expects you to do you're supposed to take care of them and repay them for what they've done all right and then the others you're going to have Widows that are more than capable of taking care of themselves. Okay? They're not really in need. But he said there's a special group that have nobody. They have nothing. And, and he says here, he's, if you look at this text, he said, uh, in, like Kathleen was saying, verse 5, the widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. Okay? This is one who really has no no resources at all. Because remember, in that culture, the, the male was the one that's going to make the make the living. The female was not going to be able to. Okay? That was the culture she lived in. We don't have that culture today. You know, in, in our culture today, a woman can still work until her, late in her in, in up in age, she can still work. So it's not an, as much of an issue. But for them it was. But can what can we take from this? What can we learn to apply principles to here? What can we learn? What do you think? Yes, ma'am. Okay. If Linda says if there's a need, we need to fill it. Okay. The problem is, my experience the problem is, is finding is finding the need. Finding out there is a need. Because many people won't tell you. Oh, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Everything's good. I got this person taking care of me and this person. I'm good. You know, because of pride, whatever it may be, you know, that can be a problem. All right. Yes, ma'am. Me as a widow, uh, Tim felt compelled to do it to the Lord. That, that's how we first came together. Mm -hmm. We started bringing me to the church and, mm -hmm. and a widow with a disabled child. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. He was doing what this says to do. What that turned into was a love, and y'all could eventually, we, we, we married you down at the lake. I, I, I was there. You know, I mean, it was a neat experience. And, you know, they came together, and, we, and there was people off to the side watching, and Cole was there, and Cole married them right there at the lake. And it was, and, and some guys were over there, and, man, they, they wanted to join in with us, remember? Those guys at the next table wanted to join in with us. It was a neat experience. So one of the neatest weddings I've ever been to, been a part of, but. But that's where it, where it morphed to. But here, remember, he's talking about people within the church. Looking around the church. Now, this is hard for young people, okay? Because we don't think like that. A young, younger person, you know, they've got their family and they've got their focus and their focus all on themselves. But there are people in this church. Let's say there's people in this church that are these, these ladies that are maybe in that category, really in need, have no family, nothing, okay? I think it, it's the ones that are left alone, the ones that are isolated. Yeah. Which is the same thing with orphans. Yeah. Um, it does it's same the thing. the ones that are that have no one. Have no one. You know what? What is? What would be your responsibility? What would be our? Let's take. Let's take it. Our. What would be our responsibility if that person we if we ran across someone who is in need, who has nobody, has, doesn't have any family, nothing. They're alone. Okay. Can't work. Whatever. What would be our responsibility? To take care of them. To take care of them. To be mindful of them. To become their family. Would would that not be logical? To become their family? You know, I, I think so. What what would you know? What and I gotta quit. How does caring for our brethren this way demonstrate our commitment and love for Christ? What does he say here? He tells them. He said. He said the family members should should show their religion, right? And that what he said. Show your religion. That, look at, he said to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents. You know, this, but this is pleasing to God. How that? How does that work? You know, I, I mean, you know, I've, I've, you know, we just had a conversation with James a while ago about, about your mom and taking care of your mom and all that. And how? And you know, I mean, your mom's a widow lady, but y'all are family members. Y'all take care. And what y'all will do if we, you need us. You will talk to us and say, we need your help for, with this, right? But in, in the interim, you guys are responsible for taking care of them. And and I know it's a sometimes we may have to come in and take care of you because you're taking care of them. You know, I mean, but but see what happens? What happens when it be, when a family, you know, you look, you've got Catherine here and she's, got, she's going, I don't know what this is. You know, I don't understand any of this because the world doesn't act like this, does it? How many people? I just heard of somebody the other day. Uh, you know, I think I think James taught us or Cole was taught. I don't remember who it was. Said that they heard of someone, you know, a husband or got sick, and they just walked out, walked out of the rest. I'm done, and walked away. Not here. Somebody in the world. But that's how people in the world respond to the problem. Yeah, I told you when we were in the hospital in Georgia. I watched a lady in a room, and nobody that whole you remember nobody that whole week. Nobody came to see her. And right about the time I decided, you know what, I got to go talk to this lady. I have to go talk to her, you know. Because, you know, the, the, the nurses and everybody were saying, you know, what's wrong with your family? <laughs> what's wrong? Because we're, there's eight of us there. We're, in the, we're, we're filing through. We're always there. We're always in the room with her at some point. And they, did, they, they were shocked because they don't see that. And this little old lady, and I'm going, she got nobody? Nobody in her life? And I just wanted to go just say, hey, I, I see you. You know, I acknowledge you. I know that you're 
that you're alive and well. You know, it, it's it's just it was sad to watch, but it's even more sad is when it starts to happen here inside the body. It cannot happen, guys. We cannot allow that to happen. We've got to be aware, and if you're in that situation, you've got to let people know. You've got to let people know that there's a problem that you may need help with. I don't care. I don't care if it's just a, a you know. I mean, I mean, Larry and Lucy. You know, they're 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 not widows and widowers, but they're homebound. You guys go over there. Mark and Ann have gone over there. Cole's gone over, taking them communion on Sunday. Somebody's going over to see them to make sure is there anything they needed. You know, we got them on on a list. I mean, we're gonna talk about a list in a minute. We got them on a list to take them food and stuff. When when the people from the rifle room start putting food together, somebody else had their hand up. Yes, ma'am. My friend Gail is a widow, and her son lives in New York, so she has her church family. She goes to the Church of Christ over on Glasgow. Mm -hmm. But remember when we had the big freeze that, mm -hmm. what was it, a little over a year ago? Yeah. Uh, I called her that morning to check on it, and she didn't answer her phone. I thought, okay, okay, because I'm looking at my watch. Okay, she probably hasn't got back from church. And all day long, me and my friend Cheryl kept calling her to check them out. No answer. Uh, I called my friend Cheryl. I said, what should we do? She said, well, I've got a key to her house. She said, but I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I sent Gary and Aaron over there on icy roads. I had to drive. I had to drive. I had to drive. You know, because I get to, you know, I, I didn't want but no, and Gary told me, he said, when we got there, Aaron went and knocked on the door. He said, but if she didn't answer, we were going to come back, get you, and make you go get the key from Cheryl so you guys could go in in case she's laying on the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She turned her phone off or had her ring She off. forgot to turn her phone back yeah. on, and the power was out. Let's see, let's see, that's the mindset that we have. You know, that I'm, if I see or hear of a need, you know, to a, to a brother or sister, it doesn't make any difference where they worship. You know, we take care of them here, we take care of them, whatever. But when we see a need, I'm going to be concerned. Most people wouldn't have been concerned enough. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't even have thought about it. You know, I mean, I mean, it's easy to, you know, when you have a hurricane or something and know that people are struggling and, and start reaching out to people in the church. That, that's easy. It's when everything is clipping along really well. And everything's going well, that we tend to forget. We get complacent, we get caught up in our own stuff, and we forget that maybe somebody's not doing as well as you are. And so we need to we need to bond better. We need to we need to have better communication. You know, one of the things that I like that that we if you get this, you know, you're gonna pick one of these up today. This is a quarterly newsletter that we put together. You know, you'll hear about it this morning. Uh, that we're gonna put we're gonna put out every after every elder deacon ministry leader meeting. And, and what you're going to see on there is there is a ton of stuff that we're doing with the kids. ton of stuff. Something two or three times a month we're doing something. Going to the lake. We're having, having back-to-school things, two of them in August. All kinds of stuff we're doing for the kids. You know one of the things it's going to teach them? It's going to teach that, that brotherhood among their, among their peers here. So maybe they carry that with them down the road. Maybe down the road they look for a church down the road where they where they can find that brotherhood together, where they become tight together. You know, I think that's what, especially young families, that's what we were looking for. We had it here back then. We didn't have it for a long time. We've got it now, and that's a. And I know young families they they long for that for their children. 
I want what's what these kids are, what these kids are a part of. But that I think that's a part of how you get it to this point where you, where this doesn't become a problem. All right, where you start teaching them early. Hey, watch mom and daddy. Watch what we're doing, and we're doing this. Watch us and watch us click together with the family. Don't you think that'll help? I think that would be a great outcome when we start to apply these principles to our life. It's about, you can read this stuff and say, well, I don't fit in any of that. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to that. Right? Well, people do. Instead of saying, you know what? Let me, let me reanalyze and say, is there anything I need to change? What might you need to change in your life to apply some of this to your life? What might you need to change? What might, need you, what might you need to look at in your life? Anybody? What do you got? Y'all are all perfect. <laughs> that's, hey, I'm, hey, that means I'm either a good teacher or, or y'all y'all are just really something special. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So change my focus. Be more focused, less on me and more on other people. Okay. Anybody else? Well, anybody else got, a, got something? What do I need? What, my, yes, ma'am. Gene? Evaluate your priorities. How do you mean? Sit down and say, just how important is this? Okay. Okay. All right. Now, I'm not just talking about widows. I'm talking about this whole dynamic. How do I teach people? What What do I need to fix in my life? You remember I told you, Cole and I talked about this, one of the hardest things to change as we become Christians and we start walking up this ladder of, of being spiritual is changing our personality. One of the most difficult things to change is changing our personality, and and trying to trying to temper and 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 shape our personality to fit what the book says. Because sometimes our personalities don't fit the book. Would you say that's true? Sometimes our our, our personalities just don't. We got to really work at that. Sometimes, yes, ma'am. You have to be more open to accepting help too. Okay, I think that's good. Got to be more open to accepting help because you know how are we going to know? If we don't know what's going on here, you know, now I want I want anybody else got it? Or, yes, sir. Serve one another in love. Serve one another. Be willing to serve. You know, we have uh, every every Sunday. You hear about there's all kinds of opportunities. All right, there's all kinds of play ways to volunteer, BBS and teaching classes and all kinds of stuff. You can volunteer. get involved. You know, they're looking for people to help cook. They're going to come up here once a month. They're going to cook meals. And they're going to cook them and they're going to and they're going to package them. And they're going to put them in the freezer, and they're going to use them. You know what they're going to use them for? It says Meals on Wheels. No, 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 so much. That, no. It's going to be Meals on Wheels for here. They're already putting a list together of people that might, you know, and, and we've got the list, and we're, and we're supposed to, you know, look at, at who we may need to add, take off some. We're going to put a list together of people that may, that may need something that may need a meal, you know, on any given day. And they're going to, and... This is Bonnie and Bill Wasichek putting this together, and Gene—I mean, uh, and uh, uh, Jessica involved in this. You know, there's—I think David Massey is—I think there's a bunch of people who are going to be involved in this. Do it. That's—and you know what? What? How it started out? Tell our widows. That's how it started. I think it's going to morph into more than that, personally. But that's—you know—think about it. There's all kinds of ways to serve. You know, serve and love. There's all kinds of ways. You can get involved in all kinds of stuff. Okay, so. Any, all right, let's move on. It said, look at verse 9. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60 
has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the Lord's people, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. So they have a list. What did it say? They had a list. What? Timothy told the church at Ephesus, you need to put a list together. You need a list. All right? I put a list of, what did they say in Acts chapter 6? Figure out who they are. Put a list together of guys, of guys that are full of the Spirit and send them to work. Put them to work. That's what he told them. So what we, what, what we got now? We had so two people that came up and said, I, I, I see a need here. We want to do this. You know that Rafa room? Y'all ain't know anything about that? You have any idea what that is? It means helper. What Rafa mean? mean? God is our helper. God Rafa God. Or God Rafa means helper. And so it's a helping room. It's a room to help us. You know, the, the, all the food that you're putting together, that's really not to... Now, the clothing thing is going to be... They're going to use it for the community, some. But the, but the food part is going to be for people here. She's looking forward, looking down the road to the next hurricane or the next whatever comes along. And somebody's going to need something, and we're going to have it to give them. Okay? Well, we've never had that before. They've stepped up to do that. We need to we need to honor that. We need to elevate that. We need to we need to praise them, pat them on the back, whatever you have to do. Because they, they have put a ton of work in. Go by and look at that room sometime. Go by and look at what it looks like. It's amazing. Of course, if you didn't see the before picture, you wouldn't know what the after picture looks like. <laughs> I saw the before picture. Pretty bad, wasn't it? Pretty, pretty rough. Pretty rough room. But you know, but the point here is that is that they had a list. They recognized in, in Ephesus that there are people that they need to be focused on, and so they took their, their, their efforts and their, their mindset and focused them on those people. Do you have a list in your head? Maybe they aren't widows. you have a list in your head? You're thinking about somebody that maybe that I need to call next week. Maybe I need to ask them, if they're, and maybe I may need to make five calls before they'll finally open up and say, yeah, I, could use, I need this. So they won't be comfortable telling you maybe on the first call. Maybe you have to make five calls, ten calls, fifteen calls before they'll finally open up to you and say, yeah, I'm really struggling here. Because that's a hard thing to do. Say, I'm struggling. Isn't it? It's hard. Say, man, I, I, I'm beat up here and I don't know what to do. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm going to have to do that. You know, I mean, we have benevolence saying that we work with our people all the time. But if we don't know it's a need, we can't help it. We don't know it, it's a, if somebody needs us. We have no idea. So sometimes you making phone calls can call us and say, hey, maybe you didn't know this, but this is what's going on. Yeah, we didn't know. We help with what we do know. So we have to start doing this as a community. Would you say that's true? Well, community efforts, we need to get involved as a community. Get up off your pew and say, you know, I'm going to start working. I don't know how I'm going to work, but I'm going to work. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to do whatever. So I can implement this in my life, and we'll implement this in our life, and we'll become what maybe those some people online right now, maybe they're looking and saying, Man, I've been looking for a church like this my whole life. Man, I this is what I, I want I'm gonna go I'm gonna go see what these guys are like. See if I had a guy one time told me, he said, he said, Yeah, we've been watching online. I said, Well, I'm glad y'all showed up. He said, Yeah, we decided we're gonna come and see if y'all are really what y'all claim on. I said, What do you think? He said, Yep. He said, Y'all are. He said, Y'all are. He said, What y'all showing on that is really what y'all are. And that really made me, made me feel good because they were seeing what we're trying to portray out there with all the flaws and all the spots and blemishes. We're still trying to work through this, okay? All right. We're going to pick it up here next week. We're going to pick it up in verse 11 next week.
and, and if you have any questions, let me know, and, and we'll we'll talk about them next week before we start. All right, thanks, guys.